MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, July 6, 2022. Today, Lindsey Graham and Rudy Giuliani, among others, are hit with subpoenas in the Fulton County District Attorney's investigation in Georgia. Joel Greenberg files a motion to file his sentencing motion under seal so that it doesn't interfere with ongoing investigations. We have more information about the shooting in Highland Park, including the announcement of charges and the call for an assault weapons ban. The committee confirms its next hearing date and time, and the Department of Justice has sued Arizona over new election laws in that state. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Whew, Dana, lots of the boy that like the the news hose was pinched over the weekend and now it's been let go. I mean, flooded. And we are flooded. It reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke, how he likes to hold the microphone cable and then let go of it and a bunch of jokes come out at once. <laughs> it's a good it's a good bit. <laughs> I love his bits. I miss that man so much. So the hearing date uh, has been confirmed. Yes. As we thought, it was, it's July 12th, Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, which means I have to get up at zero dark 30 to fucking live tweet that shit. And I will be live tweeting it on the uh, on the Twitters at Mueller, she wrote. And we got some news. Sarah Matthews, former deputy press secretary for Trump, who tweeted in support of Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony. She also resigned on January 6th, saying this is bullshit. Um, I can't do this. She's received a subpoena from the committee and has agreed to testify publicly in one of next week's upcoming hearings. That's lovely. And I've been wondering, like the, the committee announced, well, yep, we're having a hearing on the 12th of July at 10 a.m., but they didn't say who was going to testify or what it was about. Although Adam Schiff told us last week that it's going to be about the Proud Boys and Raskin is going to lead it. And we're supposed to find out about this nexus, this connection between the White House and the war room and, you know, the, the violent attack on the Capitol. But I'm wondering if they aren't shoving another hearing in, in the mix, because usually they put out who they're going to interview, who, who they're going to depose publicly and what the subject is going to be. But they didn't do that this time. So I've been frantically twittering my friends and messaging and texting my friends being like, what do you know? What do you know? And, and they're like, lips are sealed. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It could be the Proud Boys hearing on on the 12th or could be something additional. Uh, maybe some of these other people who have come forward in the Miku movement to talk about, you know, <laughs> their experiences in the Trump White House in the in the days leading up to January 6th, just, you know, who are inspired by Cassie Hutchinson coming forward. And, you know, her testimony wasn't only powerful because it provided information, but because it pushed others to come forward. So I'm looking forward to see what this uh, Matthews, Sarah Matthews, has to say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all so firsthand. I mean, for someone to be like, this is enough is enough on January 6th and to quit and be like, fuck this. She's got she's got information. Yeah. And deputy press secretaries get all the inside info. Again, she didn't come out and talk about it back then. 
But she did resign saying that she, you know, she couldn't support the violent attack on the Capitol or whatever. But she, you know, we're going to find out, uh, I think, a lot more. I mean, we've seen clips of her video depositions so far, but she's coming in again. So we'll see what happens. Sounds good. All right. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from the good people at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Fulton County Special Grand Jury investigating potential criminal interference in the 2020 election in Georgia has subpoenaed key members of former Trump's legal team, including his personal lawyer, Rudy. And that's according to copies obtained by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And in addition to Rudy, those being summoned include John Eastman, Cleta Mitchell, good old Kenneth Cheesebro, right testicle of the anchorman, and Jenna Ellis, all of whom advised the Trump campaign on strategies for overturning Democrat Biden's wins in Georgia and other swing states. The grand jury also subpoenaed Senator Lindsey Graham. Dana, I know you were waiting for this. One. Oh, so I tweeted, I mean, just a little, little baby or like a baby <laughs> orgasm. And I tweeted, which is probably the first time Lindsey's ever made a woman come. And that's not a gay joke. There's a lot of men out there who have also never made a woman come. So let's just clear that up. I'm not I'm not being a jerk. Plenty of cis straight dudes that can't do that. Lindsey Graham, one of Donald's top allies, along with an attorney and podcast host named Jackie Pick Decent. Okay, I don't make these names up. That's what it's on our driver's license, I guess. But podcast host. Interesting when podcast hosts get involved in nation's politics. The subpoenas were filed July 5th and signed by Fulton Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, who is overseeing the special grand jury. They noted that all seven people were a necessary material witness to the investigation. Unlike subpoenas issued to Georgians, the summons required McBurney's blessing because there are f- they are for people who reside outside of the state. That's why we had to get the special sign off by the special judge. Ah, because otherwise we don't, they don't have jurisdiction over me. <laughs> I just made it my jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I could watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall like a hundred times. Okay. The 23-person special grand jury has heard testimony in recent weeks from a parade of witnesses, including some who had direct contact with Trump and his associates in late 2020 and early 2021. But Tuesday's subpoenas are the closest jurors have gotten to the Trump campaign or inner circle for the former president. Giuliani testified before the Georgia legislators in late 2020, showing edited surveillance videos of ballots being tabulated at Atlanta State Farm Arena. Remember, this is Shea Moss and Ruby, yes. Ruby Freeman. The former New York City mayor said the tape was a powerful smoking gun of election workers pulling out suitcases of ballots to count after sending Republican poll watchers home. Uh-huh. Giuliani's claims were quickly and swiftly debunked by the Secretary of State's office, who are Republicans. But he continued to screen the video and doubled down in his comments in the weeks later. He was later suspended from practicing law in New York, in part because of that testimony in Georgia. And then suspended in D.C. because he was suspended in New York. This is beautiful. Eastman, former law professor, which blows my fucking mind, was a key architect of the plan to press Pence to reject the official Democratic electors in Georgia and other swing states and opt for alternative fraudulent slates of GOP electors. A federal judge in March argued that it is more likely than not that President Trump and Dr. Eastman dishonestly conspired to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6, 2021, which is a crime. Eastman testified at the same Georgia hearing as Giuliani, during which he argued that there was more than enough evidence of fraud and improper conduct to warrant Georgia lawmakers picking an alternative slate of presidential electors. Quote, I don't think it's your authority to do that, but quite frankly, you have a duty to do that to protect the integrity of the election here in Georgia. Deason and Ellis spoke at the same hearing. So that's where 
what's her name? The podcast host comes into the picture. Right. Cheesebro worked with leadership of the Georgia GOP to coordinate the slate of alternate fraudulent Republican electors. That's according to his subpoena. The DA's office also said Cheesebro drafted at least two memos in support of the plan. And get this, Dana, provided a template of documents to the party for its sham ceremony. He's the guy. Remember how Rachel Maddow was like, look, these all look the same, like they came off of the same template. They did. And Cheesebro created that template. Amazing. Mitchell, a conservative lawyer, Cleta, based in D.C., advised Trump on the infamous January 2nd call that the Republicans placed to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. During that conversation, in which Trump asked him to find 11,780 votes, Mitchell aided Trump as he made unsubstantiated claims about Georgia's elections. She was there making like the hype man, like, yeah, suitcases, motherfucker, you know. Now, Graham separately called Raffensperger and his staff twice, Lindsey Graham, in the weeks following the 2020 election, about, quote, reexamining certain absentee ballots cast in Georgia in order to explore the possibility of a more favorable outcome for President Donald Trump. That's what his subpoena says. He was trying to have black votes thrown out, is what he was doing. Of course he was. He's previously denied any wrongdoing. It may be difficult for Fulton County prosecutors to secure testimony from Giuliani, Eastman, Mitchell, Cheesebro, Deason, and Ellis, since they could all argue attorney-client privilege. Eastman claimed the exemption as he sought to block the handover of evidence to the select committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol, though he was largely shot down by a federal judge. That was Judge Carter. That is the one who said it was a coup in search of a legal theory. The special grand jury has permission to meet until May of next year, though Willis says she's expecting the group's work to wrap up long before then. Jurors are expected to draft a report at the end of their service recommending whether Willis should bring charges against Trump or his allies, though the final decision ultimately rests with the DA, um, which is Fonnie Willis, and I think she will. I believe so. Yeah, she's kind of a badass. Raffensperger, several of his deputies, and Attorney General Chris Carr have already testified before the grand jury. Brian Kemp, governor, who rebuffed pressure from Trump to call a special session of the state legislature to reverse the election results, is slated to give video testimony on July 21st. I thought it was the 25th. It's the 21st. Fonnie Willis is currently fighting with at least two current and former Republican officials in Georgia. Attorneys for Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan and ex-Senator William Legon argued last week that the state constitution shields them from testifying about anything related to their legislative activities. The district attorney's office countered that activities that seek to reverse certified election results are not protected by legislative immunity. Kind of like that DOJ saying, Mo Brooks, sorry, bro, we can't represent (laughs) you because overthrowing the government isn't part of your job in the government. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Judge McBurney, who heard arguments from the DA's office and the lawmakers on Friday, is drafting a framework about the types of questions prosecutors can ask without violating immunity rules. Interesting. Thank you so much, A.G. And just a, a warning for the next uh, story. It's about the another mass shooting that we had on the 4th of July. So I just want everyone to be prepared for that. A gunman shooting from a rooftop killed seven people and wounded dozens more during a 4th of July celebration in Highland Park, Illinois. That was Monday morning. A 21-year-old man, whom the authorities described as a person of interest, was taken into custody. Alive, mind you, by the way. Why? Which is he's how white. it should be. Which yeah. is how it should be. And Every that's time. How everyone should be taken into fucking custody, not shot 60 times in the back of the head. Exactly. Ugh, it's I so gee, gross. I know. Here's what we know so far. So police did not immediately charge the man they apprehended. They said the investigation was still in its early stages. Charges were expected later on Tuesday. And as you said at the top of the hour, those have come through. 
Now, hundreds of police officers had fanned out across the region around Highland Park to search for him, who they warned was armed and dangerous. At 6.30 p.m., officers in North Chicago, they spotted and attempted to pull over a Honda Fit being driven by the person of interest, who we will not name in this story. He briefly led the police on a chase before he was taken into custody in Lake Forest. Obviously, we know now that that was the person that they've now charged. Now, Lake County Coroner Jennifer Benick released names on Tuesday of six of the seven people who had died. Catherine Goldstein, she was 64, from Highland Park. Rena McCarthy, 35, Highland Park. Kevin McCarthy, 37, Highland Park. Jacqueline Sondheim, 63, Highland Park. Stephen Strauss, 88, Highland Park. Nicholas Toledo Zaragoza, 78, from Morales, Mexico. The coroner said the seventh victim died at a hospital outside Lake County. Now, authorities said they recovered a high-powered rifle at the scene of the shooting, which appeared to match witnesses' descriptions of the events. When the suspect was apprehended, another rifle was found in his car. Now, Deputy Chief Christopher Covelli of the Lake County Sheriff's Office said the rifle used in the shooting appeared to have been purchased legally. Of course, it was purchased legally by the shooter in the Chicago area, and that the shooter had legally purchased a total of five guns, five of them, including both rifles. Now, Chief Cavelli said the shooter planned the shooting for several weeks, but that the authorities had not yet established what his motive was. This is a quote, we have no information to suggest at this point it was radically motivated, motivated by religion or any other protected status. And that's from the chief, adding to that there was no indication that anyone else was involved in the shooting, meaning as the perpetrator. The authorities said the gunman wore women's clothing to disguise his identity. He climbed up a fire escape ladder to gain access to the roof where he staged his attack. And then after the shooting, he climbed back down and left the scene on foot, blending in with fleeing parade goers. Now, there were also shootings with four or more people, everyone in Boston, Sacramento, Kansas City, and Richmond, Virginia. This is one fucking day. And a mass shooting constitutes four or more people being injured. That's by definition, I believe, what it is. So that's why we've got five in that day. And hours after the attack on the parade in Illinois, eruptions of gunfire killed or wounded multiple people in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Gary, Indiana, both within 60 miles of Highland Park. It was a bloody, bloody Independence Day in this fucking country. I spoke to a friend of mine this morning who's from the area. She knew someone that had been killed and several people that had been shot. They were mothers of her summer camp friends. This woman's in her 50s. This is a very close-knit community, a very highly Jewish community, as you know and can hear from the names of the deceased that has been under uh, attack. That community, the Jewish community, has been under attack for for months now. There's been uh, all kinds of things happening in that community. My heart is with those people that were affected and the families who lost people, the families that are still fighting for those in the hospital. So we we are all thinking of you at the beans. Thanks, Dan. I know that's a that's a tough story, and um, you know, reading the names. Those are the names. Yeah, those are the names that we need to remember. That we remember. And and Dana, breaking just now, the Lake County Attorney, State Attorney Eric Reinhardt, has announced there are seven counts of first degree murder. And this shooter is facing life in prison without the possibility of parole for each count. And he says that these are only the first charges. Dozens more will follow. I imagine the Department of Justice is ensuring, making sure that these weren't hate crimes, 
motivated politically or that any kind of aggravating hate crime or terrorism charges should be added. They will let us know as soon as they find out the motive here. They will ask that he be held without bail. And I'm certain that motion will be granted. He said, quote, this was supposed to be a celebration of freedom. But the seven victims lost all their freedoms that day. And he said, we must do more. He talked about Illinois' red flag laws. But he says we must vastly increase the education and awareness of these laws in our state. But separate from these red flag laws, he said, we must ban assault weapons in Illinois and beyond. And I agree. I do, too. Okay, we're going to move down to Florida. In a new filing in the Greenberg case. Remember Joel Greenberg? Uh, Of course I do. Been investigated been put his sentences have been put off for over a year. And uh, this filing indicates that the investigation into Matt Gates could still be ongoing. Dana, we've been wondering what the hell's going on with it. It's been quiet. But the the filing says the defendant, Joel Micah Greenberg, moves this honorable court to allow him to file his unopposed motion to set the date of his sentencing hearing under seal. The government does not oppose this request. Pursuant to his plea agreement with the government and to mitigate the significant penalties he faces, Greenberg has been cooperating with federal prosecutors in active investigations currently being conducted by the United States Attorney's Office in the Middle District of Florida and the Department of Justice in Washington, D.C., as well as in other jurisdictions. Dana, the unopposed motion to set the date of the sentencing hearing provides confidential information concerning these investigations, as well as information regarding the nature and extent of Greenberg's ongoing cooperation. As previously noted, Greenberg's forthcoming motion to set a sentencing date contains sensitive information pertaining to confidential and protected information concerning ongoing investigations and prosecutions. If this court sets a hearing on the motion, the proceeding will convey specific information to the court concerning Greenberg's cooperation against multiple, multiple individuals. And they conclude by saying, wherefore, the defendant, Joel Michael Greenberg, moves this honorable court for permission to file his unopposed motion to set the date of his sentencing hearing under seal. And if the court sets a hearing on the motion, Mr. Greenberg requests the hearing also be conducted under seal. So we don't know if that includes Matt Gates, but he's still cooperating in several jurisdictions against multiple individuals. Which is wonderful. This late in the game. I mean, it's a huge investigation, whatever's happening down there. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that would not. They would just take their time and go to prison because they know that they would get in more trouble if they actually rolled on somebody. And this guy's been talking for a long time. So I'm not giving him any more props than he deserves. I'm just saying that there is an option for him to keep his mouth shut and he's not, which is good. Last story, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Arizona seeking to block a law that would force residents to provide proof of citizenship in order to vote in federal elections. Because I don't know about you, A.G., but I just carry my Social Security card around with me, don't you? Oh, yeah, I've got all my papers. Oh, I just fucking can't. The DOJ argues the requirement, part of HB 2492, slated to take effect in January, is, quote, a textbook violation of the National Voter Registration Act. And if you hear me refer to the NVRA again, that's what that is. The suit argues the requirement to provide proof of citizenship would violate not just the 1993 law addressing voter registration, but also the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And to quote, for nearly three decades, the National Voter Registration Act has helped to move states in the right direction by eliminating unnecessary requirements that have historically made it harder for eligible voters to access the registration rolls. And I'm putting this in there, people of color, okay, period. 
went on to say, Arizona has passed a law that turns the clock back on progress by imposing unlawful and unnecessary requirements that would block eligible voters from the registration rolls for certain federal elections. And that's from Kristen Clark. And she's the assistant attorney general for the Civil Rights Division. That's what she said in her statement. And the Arizona law could remove tens of thousands of people from voting rolls. Eligible voters, by yes. the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. The state already had a bifurcated system. After a 2004 ballot measure allowed Arizona officials to ask for proof of citizenship for anyone registering to vote after 2005. But the new law would eliminate a provision that grandfathers in those who may have registered to vote decades before that, blocking them from voting in the federal elections. Just a side note, and I I hope that at some point we can get rid of the term grandfathering in, because for those of you that know and read up on this, it's also based in a racist system. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can find a better word, okay? Because People were grandfathered in. White voters were grandfathered in. If their grandparents' grandfather could read, even if they were illiterate, they were grandfathered in to vote, and that did not happen to people of color. So hopefully, side note, we can find a new word there. Yeah, I think it's interesting they use that term in this story. Yep. Now, the DAJ argues the new law also runs afoul of a 2013 Supreme Court ruling stemming from another Arizona suit noting that the state can't impose the proof of citizenship requirement on those who register to vote using the federal form. Uh, Another quote from here, Arizona's a repeat offender when it comes to attempts to make it harder for people to register to vote. And that's again from Clark. She said that with a call with reporters. Went on to say, Arizona's own nonpartisan legislative council warns legislators that the NVRA preempts HB 2492's documentary proof of citizenship requirements for the applicant's completing the federal form who seek to vote in federal elections. Nonetheless, the legislature ignored these warnings and enacted HB 2492 anyway. So she is pretty pissed about this. I don't know if Cinema's tweeting about it. I haven't checked her Twitter lately, but I seriously fucking doubt it. But Mm. yeah, and they warned, the DOJ warned Arizona, if you go forward with this, we're going to fucking sue your dumb asses. Yep. And so here is the lawsuit from that do nothing Merrick Garland. Uh, But I do appreciate Kristen Clark. I appreciate her leadership over at the Civil Rights Division. She's been doing an excellent job. All right, everybody, we will be right back with the good news desperately, soulfully needed today. If you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and can click on contact. And uh, we'll be right back with that. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. As you know, I used to have a lot of trouble sleeping, but then Helix Sleep came to my rescue with an amazing mattress that fixed all of my sleep problems. Helix Sleep has a quiz online that takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everyone's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattresses to choose from. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses, mattresses good for cooling you down if you sleep hot, spinal alignment mattresses to keep you from getting sore in the morning, and even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. When I took the Helix quiz online, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I prefer a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side. So it's perfect for me. So go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two minute sleep quiz, order your customized mattress and start having the best sleep of your life. There's free shipping, a 10 year warranty. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it. And Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a good night's sleep, a great night's sleep is never far away. As you know, Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine, and they've been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a solution for improving your sleep. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners 
at Helix Sleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash daily beans. Again, that's up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash daily beans. And another great habit I picked up recently that was so easy to put into my schedule and, and subsume into my life, uh, which is very hectic and very busy. I recently started taking Athletic Greens AG1 every day because I wanted a supplement that tastes great while gives me and it gives me more energy and it replaces the 25 bottles of uh, supplements and adaptogens and probiotics and vitamins that I was taking every day. It was the probiotics, which is hard to keep up with all that stuff. And it was really expensive. But with one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. It supports everything. I take Athletic Greens wherever I go, and right now is a good time for you to start because Athletic Greens is offering a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. So important for our immune systems to be supported during this time, especially with that new variant out there. And they're going to give you five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. And I love that AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, no artificial anything. It still tastes amazing. And in 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every morning. Such an easy habit to pick up. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And again, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And again, if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, anything you want to send us, pod pet pics, Halloween pics, Santa Claus pics, Easter bunny photos, Wooby <laughs> stories, what you're working on. If you have a small business, you want us to give you a shout out or there's a small business in your community that needs a shout out. Let us know. Send us adoptable pets in your area, too. We accept those. You can do all of it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And first up from Grand Dude, no pronouns given. I live in a very blue area, thank God. On Saturday, a quote-unquote volunteer knocked on my door with a handful of literature on the extreme-right Republican candidates that he had volunteered to canvas for in our upcoming primary. A couple said Trump endorsed. I suggest that he was working a pretty tough neighborhood for this agenda, and he said that the Pride Parade last week was pretty hostile. (laughs) He then told me that uh, they will be walking in our local Fourth of July parade. We had good seats on the curb and my grandson had his Trump lost sign ready for when their group passed. Some laughed, some looked pissed. We enjoyed all of their reactions. <laughs> also, here's a gratuitous fireworks photo. Look. Look at the look. second one. <gasps> I know. I'm And the third, I mean the third. Look at the third. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this angel... I know. Beautiful eyes. First of all, that child is absolutely gorgeous. This is just a beautiful, beautiful little. That last shot makes me so damn happy. Oh, that is one for the ages, right? It is. That should need to be framed and blown up somewhere. Please, please, please. 
Yes, that needs to be giant on your wall. Yeah. All right. This is from Annie, pronoun she and her. I have a funny story for you. I work with some nuns. Good enough. (laughs) Done, Annie. Thank you. We can end it right All right. Next story. (laughs) One is from Peru in English is her second language. We're in St. Louis, Missouri. So we're huge Cardinal fans. The sister from Peru, I think it's Lally, said she couldn't watch the game because they keep cursing. Sister Helene and I said that we, what are you talking about? And Lally replied, they keep saying bitch. We burst out laughing because to her, they are saying pitching. I love my job. Lally still doesn't like baseball, but can understand when you didn't grow up with the game. Go Cardinals. Here's the pet tag for what's the mutt. It's my friend's dog, Kona. She's a Formosa mountain. Well, here we go. She's a Formosa mountain dog from Taiwan, rescued from the, oh, from the meat market there. And she looks like she still knows that that's where she was rescued from. <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh, what, what? Oh my God, what a beautiful dog. Oh Annie, that's God. so funny. Amazing. That bitch was hanging outside. <laughs> hey, G, that was really funny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know the listeners like when we crack each other up, but that was just one of those things that I kept saying it over in my head after it came out of your mouth and it just got funnier every time. Because <laughs> I feel like someone has said that about you or me at some point in our lives. That bitch was high and outside. <laughs> Definitely probably you because I don't get high very often. No, I don't either. Oh, yeah, then maybe who knows? Yeah, but they could say that about us still. Oh, man. So good. All right. I'm going to pop the next two out here. We got Beth, pronoun she and her. I've been listening since you started MSW. Afrata is pronounced Afrata uh, with the stress on the FF. Afrata. Okay. Just listen to the Jason Kander interview for the second time. And I loved it. I love Jason Kander too, Beth. I absolutely love that man. He is so awesome. And he's just one of the wonderful people in this world that I'm so happy to know. And from Dory, pronouns she and her. Here's some great news, though it feels a little self-centered with all the awful things going on in the country and the world these days. That's okay, Dory. We got to do it. Hubby and I were recently diagnosed with high cholesterol. Thank you, genetics. We opted to try to lower the numbers with a change in diet. And if that didn't work, we would have to go on the meds. We made some changes, major changes, without completely depriving ourselves, and we managed to do it. No medications necessary. And as a bonus, we lost a little weight and feel much better. Part of the dietary change meant eating more beans. <laughs> Give me the beans. I'm including a photo of Daily Beans fan Mixie posing with some beans for the beans, ladies. Thanks for all you do to inform us. And look at this. Look at the ears on this. Oh, that's one of those curly haired cats. So cute. It's like a mix between a sphinx and a long hair. Like, I'm not going to lose all my hair. I'm just going to get a perm. <laughs> that's yeah. It's the Mike Brady of cats. <laughs> oh, my These, goodness. That's a lot of beans. That is a lot of beans. Nice. All right. This next one is from Euphrosyne. I hope I'm saying that right. Pronounce she cool and her. Cool name. Right? Hello, AG and Dana. I just want to say thanks for doing the show. I was raised by evangelical fundamentalist Jesus. Who? Sorry, that was me. She didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised by Jesus. Yeah. Who taught me that women should be uh, unresisting, hidden, and above all, quiet. Neither of you are quiet, and I love that. I mean, that is very true. I've been working to use my voice more because my voice matters, and having women like you as role models oh, has been very helpful in my journey. Thank you again, and keeping awesome. Good vibes from the scorching middle. Here's my pet tax. 
tree puppers and some pet pets, pet, pet pets rats. That's what it says, pet pets rats. They're in the middle of the food heist. The red dog is 12, the black dog is four, and the yellow one is one. And oh my God, there's just a pile of dogs is adorable. And these rats are so cute. Oh my gosh, they love books too. I mean, the tails, I'm not going to lie. They freak me out a little, but I just focus on their cute little faces. And I know they're very smart and sweet. I'm talking about the rats, not the dogs. But (laughs) (laughs) Dog tails don't freak me out at all. And they're like World War Z. I like these books here on this book. Right. This is nice. Thank you very much for that. Next up from Anonymous, pronouns they and them. Hello, Leguminati. Good news. I have a passport application in the pipeline with an X gender marker. After discussing things with a friend and with his help, I completed the paperwork and submitted it. We're both concerned about the possibility of having to go expat to avoid a full-on right-wing takeover. Yeah, me and you both. It reminds me of similar discussions I had with LGBTQ uh, work colleagues 20-odd years ago, weighing the relative merits of various countries. In lieu of pet tax and at the risk of seeming to be a shill, I'm going to point you to some lemon-patterned compression socks by a company called Vim and Vigor. I'm thinking of buying and wearing a pair of these in protest against SCOTUS tearing down the lemon test with their prayer in school ruling. Apologies for not subscribing, but I've had some catching up to do on medical expenses. And I work for a contractor for a municipality. I get paid less than the fast food joints are advertising at starting wages. No worries at all. And we might have some uh, year-long premium memberships that could be gifted to you, anonymous. If you just head to uh, dailybeanspod.com, you'll see patrons sponsoring patrons or patrons helping patrons, something like that. It's really big right there on the front page. And there may be, you can sign up on a list to get a premium feed donated to you. Thanks for all you do since I listen to you at work. I can't really swear myself at the news while I'm on the clock, but I appreciate you taking on the swearing for me. Production note. Oh, here's a note from Kanai. Check your inbox, Anonymous. We sent you a one-year premium subscription to the podcast. We're good people. And I'm sure one of that, I'm sure was donated by some awesome angel out there. It's a listener because they do that sort of thing. So wherever it came from, warms my heart. Hundreds. We got hundreds and hundreds of people donating a one year subscription to folks who couldn't swing it because it's like 36 bucks, you know? And um, that's just so cool. Thanks to our production crew for making that happen. Absolutely. I thought we might be able to. And thank you, Anonymous, for that submission. And thanks everyone for your submissions. I don't, I, I would normally never pick favorites. I know but this, this photo. With the sparkler and the fireworks is. One of the best photos I've ever seen. I agree. Well done. Whoever took that, well done. So adorable. Thank you, everyone. We need the good news. Keep it rolling in. Again, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana. Yes. Any final thoughts today, my friend? I am just sending all the love out to this country. For those of us that believe in common sense gun reform, and I know that's everyone listening, don't stop fighting. There's movement happening, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping if we push hard enough, at least we might be able to get assault rifles banned. I mean, so just don't stop the fight, okay? I'm thinking of everybody today and holding you close. Agreed. We have to find a way to push our Dem leaders to do more while ensuring we don't also tear them down and encourage fewer people to vote. Absolutely. And I, I hope there's experts working on that messaging, and I hope that our caucus will unite behind it. Um, because we have to do both. We have to push them to be better and we have to keep them in office at the same time. Oh, I know. And so it's, it's very, it's tough, 
it's tough because we have this two party system. Um, we could do whole shows on that, but, uh, I just, I appreciate your final thoughts today and I'm sending love out to everyone too. This is very, very difficult. This is a difficult time. I'm worried about more V Harper and I will be talking about that in an upcoming discussion on a, uh, in a couple of days here with Megan Hatcher Mays. She's um, the director of democracy at Indivisible. And um, I I hope everybody uh, listens to that. She's got some really great ideas for what we can do to stop this, to stop this from happening and to save save our little democracy. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Thanks, AG. Me too. She's such a wonderful guest. I love having her every time she comes on. Everybody, until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health, and vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media.